Welcome back to Out the Gate, the podcast about sailing and adventure on and around San Francisco Bay. I was hoping to get this episode out yesterday, but last night found me exhausted after a long day of sailing out to the Farallons. It was a shakedown of sorts aboard Dovka. 30 miles out and 30 miles back. It's actually, it was a wonderful day. We left early around 7 in the morning and didn't have too much wind, but a lot of fog heading out there. Islands didn't appear until we were about a half a mile from them looming out of the fog. And then as we turned around to come back, the fog actually cleared. The wind picked up a bit and we had a great downwind sail all the way back to the Golden Gate Bridge. So it was a fantastic day, but it meant this episode coming out a day later. But I'm excited to share the interview today with Ryan May. First, today's show is sponsored by Sun Powered Yachts. And yesterday, as we were sailing along the solar panels, I put up two new Maxion 415 watt panels from Sun Powered Yachts. We're pumping out electrons, happily keeping the batteries charged up. There are so many benefits of having solar on your boat. They're clean, quiet, provide abundant power. And you know, today's panels are just so much more efficient than ever that even if you have panels, you might think about upgrading. And if you're considering new panels or wiring or MPPTs or just want somebody to talk to about installation and upgrades, you really need to contact Lyle and Katie at Sun Powered Yachts because they know solar and as sailors themselves, they cater to the boating community. As I've said before on the show, I met Katie and Lyle at the Richmond Boat Show a number of years ago, and I had Katie back on the podcast, back on episode 10, and after talking with them both, I knew that when I needed new panels, I would reach out to Sun Powered Yachts. And for listeners in the Bay Area, panels are available for pickup in Hayward, California, which will save you a bundle on shipping. So find out more and order your own panels at sunpoweredyachts.com. This week, I'm talking to Captain Ryan May of May on the Bay Charters. Ryan's logged over 25,000 offshore nautical miles since learning to sail as a kid in Toronto, and he's visited nearly 40 countries by sail. Today, he enjoys sharing his sailing experience with people who charter aboard his Catalina 34 that he sails out of Sausalito. Ryan and I met because our kids happened to go to the same preschool together here in the city. and We quickly bonded over sailing, and while we haven't sailed together, our experiences sailing older boats through the Caribbean overlap quite a bit, and we really had a blast sitting aboard his boat and sharing sailing stories. So, let's get to it. I'm uh, Ryan May. I'm from Toronto, uh, Canada, and we've been living in San Francisco for uh, well, since 2015 is when we made the move down okay. here. Um, my wife, Laura, she's an American citizen, so I was able to like get the green card process and get into the, the working world a little bit sooner, yeah. and uh, now I'm, I'm a citizen as well. So Nice. And w- tell listeners where we are. 
So we're, uh, we're on my boat right now, which is a, a Catalina 34. Um, we're in Sausalito, kind of looking out at Angel Island. I'm looking at the sunset. Yeah, we got a little sunset over in it's front gorgeous. of us. And yeah, the wind kind of just dropped off. It was a, it's a nice day today. Yeah. I can see the fog bank on the, uh, on the main part of the bay, but here it's nice and clear still. I know, it kind of rolled in like 4.30. I'm also... Looking over at the Taj Mahal, which sank recently, didn't That's you? right, yeah, that, the bomb cyclone that hit um, took it down. So I came over that day after my, my dock line snapped, and you could see, like, the balcony was, like, low, and then it oh. just kept going down. They weren't able to pump out the water fast enough. And so sad. Do you know what, uh, are they going to scrap it? Or? I haven't heard. Okay. I'm not 100% sure of what's going to happen, but I'm sure the damage is extensive inside. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what. Saw a couple of the pictures where just everything was floating in like oh, three to four God. foot water. And there was a, fa a family living there? I think something? so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's too bad. Well, I'm glad your boat survived with just one snapped duck line. Yeah. That was nasty weather. I know. It's stressful. Just like if you're not able to oh come over God. and. I can't sleep those nights. I'm, I, I wake up in the morning or I roll over in the morning and I say to my wife, it's been windy all night. And she's like, Oh, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been able to sleep. Yeah, it is It is definitely stressful. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. My buddy, he was living on his boat, and he's always a guy that I can kind of text and be oh, like, hey, can great. you have a look? And he just left today, so I'm kind of sad oh, that yeah. he's going to be out there. But it's great to have those dock yeah, buddies. I ho Hopefully I, he comes back. Yeah. I lost uh, a jib in one of the blows okay. this winter. Um it was so silly. I looked. Yeah, I, I was working on the boat. It. I looked up and I, from the cockpit, and I said, "I need to retie that before I leave." Yeah. And then I got distracted and I didn't. <sighs> so my my buddy at the dock, um, she called me at six in the morning next morning. <laughs> Your jib is loose. Oh shit. Was it salvageable or was it like no, it was rolled right off? Yeah. It was rags. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it might be some nice tote bags or something. Okay. Yeah. You could <laughs> <laughs> a little fundraising project. Make some cool bags. Raise some money. For anyway, him. I'm excited to talk to you because we've been talking about this for a while and getting together. Yeah. So we initially met because our kids went to the same preschool. That's right. Yeah, St. James. Yeah, good school in, in, in the Richmond district. But we're here to talk sailing. So, did you have the boat when you moved here, or did you get the boat after you guys? No. Moved so here? this this particular boat we got. Uh, in 2018 okay um we moved here in 2015 and in 2016 um my dad uh who lives in canada um asked me if i had any interest in taking my old boat which was a bristol corsair a 1968 bristol corsair oh that i bought in 2007 to live on for a summer coaching a yacht club in ontario uh -huh. um purely just bought the boat to live on it and, uh, How big is a Bristol Corsair? Uh, 24 feet. Okay. So, um, cozy. Yeah, it was cozy small, but it was perfect. The Yacht Club gave me a free slip to live on it. And at the end of the summer, I was kind of planning my next trip to the Caribbean. And it wasn't the boat that I was going to be going on, so I was yeah. going to sell it. My dad was like, oh, you know what? I kind of like the boat. I'll just give you the money that you paid for it, and I might fix it up a little bit. So to make a long story short, he, he bought some new teak. was the first project, and uh, like the teak rail, rub rail on the side. Uh -huh. And uh, I think he that was like twice as much as the value of the boat, <laughs> but he couldn't put it on, so he had to pay someone. So it was just it looked really nice, the wood, but then everything else was out of place. Had a 1968 old beater, so my dad just kind of went crazy and, and 
pretty much fixed everything. Wow. Had everything redone, had it painted, new masts, new sails, new rigging, new stainless lifelines, everything. Um, and uh, he would use it, and we kept it at Frenchman's Bay Yacht Club in uh, Pickering, which is just outside Toronto. Uh, but he wasn't using it all that often. My sister uh, would get out with him every now and again. And, um, he said, hey, if you want the boat in San Francisco, we've got a trailer and we can tow it out together. And I was like, sure. So it had a bunch of upgrades from when I lived on it in 2007. And you didn't have to do the work. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to do the boat work. So um, yeah, that, that was the first boat we had out here. And um, yeah, we kept it for the first two years and then yeah. um, actually sold it to a buddy of mine. Uh, nice. Yeah, um, a sailor from Bermuda. He's, cool. Yeah, so it's kind of still up in the, you know, in the circle of friends. So is sailing something that um, you did with your family? How did you get into sailing? Yeah, my growing uh, up in Toronto. My dad, so it's all Great Lake stuff. Yeah. I lived in an area with a little bay called Frenchman's Bay. So okay. Frenchman's Bay Yacht Club, it's about a kilometer across with like a channel out to Lake Ontario. Uh-huh. And uh, that's where my dad kind of had all of his boats, my mom too. And um, they uh, went on a trip in, I guess, 1986 to the Bahamas on a C and C 30. Okay. Um, the four of us. So I was like two and a half. My sister was five. And uh, we spent six months in the boat, just kind of island hopping the Bahamas. And then wow. sailed back to Toronto. So kind of like up the huts into the Erie Barge Canal and then over across the lake oh, back to French awesome. and So that was kind of... Do you remember any of that? You know, you hear stories of it and see yeah. pictures and stuff. So some of them you kind of like, you're like, do I know that from the it picture? And, your memory. And yeah. I feel like I remember um, coming up and seeing like the Statue of Liberty like through like the V-Birth hatch. And uh, there was this like one moment where there was like iguanas, um, massive iguanas on a beach that my mom just like freaked out with. And we like had to run <laughs> back to the, to the dinghy. Well, that'll be memorable. Um, so that was one. And then at my birthday, I turned three on that trip. And one of like their cruising boat mates uh, made a cake that had like um, coins wrapped in foil. And I feel like I remember that because I was just like, oh, awesome. my God, like there's money in it. Like, you know, like a quarter wrapped in foil and stuff was just baked in there. And, uh, but that's about it. But that was like, yeah, that was my intro to it. And then I just kind of went through all the sailing levels growing up as soon as I could start taking um, sailing lessons. What did you sail on the lake there when you were um, So started in Opti, um, mm-hmm. didn't really race them too competitively. And then the uh, radial was like, I was small, so the radial was kind of too big for me. But it was right when like the bite, I don't know if you've ever heard of the bite. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a little smaller than our uh laser but it had like a good like race rig with oh. everything all the controls kind of up this was before the laser made like the race race rig yeah. um so i was in the bite and it was a pretty big fleet you know there's some of the events there was like over like 70 bites in it so that was kind of it kind of blew up Thanks. and then once i was kind of big enough for the radio i moved into that and full rig um and then just kind of got into coaching and um eventually into some keelboat stuff some j24 stuff on the lakes and um, yeah, after that summer when I had the bristle, I bought a, a Catalina 34, oh. same exact same boat as this, but in 1989. So this is a Mark II. The uh-huh. one I did the trip on uh, was a Mark I. So it's uh, the closed transom, so it doesn't have the swim platform that you can walk out on. So that you were telling me before, you you did a trip down south to to the Caribbean. That's the boat you took. That's the boat I took. Yeah. And how old were you then? Uh, I was. I turned 23 on that trip. Wow. So, um, 
Yeah, it was after university. I'd worked down in the British Virgin Islands for <laughs> six months, just kind of as like a water sports guy, which was like, you know, I did sailing lessons in Hobies. I was a snorkel captain, just did a few little like odd yeah. jobs around the Bitter End Yacht Club. And I was just saving up to buy the bigger boat. And It sounds so familiar because yeah, that I mean, my, my cruising dreams were hatched when I was living down in the Caribbean. I was like, if I got a boat, I could sail back down here. What island were you primarily on at that time? Uh, I was on a little island just south of Guadeloupe, Les Saints. Okay. Have you ever been to them? I did. I no. There's sm- there's small islands. And I was I think just we were like um, Tobago Keys. Is that kind of close to there? Is that? Um, no, this is farther south. Yeah, further south. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, we got Martinique and then Guadeloupe, and yeah. these are just south of Guadeloupe. Okay. Just, they're part of Guadeloupe. They're French islands. But yeah, um, we sailed into but, Guadeloupe on that trip, yeah. but I bypassed. We got, I always had like a, a timeline of people that i was kind of meeting which is yeah. apparently we we're not supposed to do it's <laughs> like when you get to a new port then you can tell them where to fly to meet you and i was like ah, i got places to be just kept did going. you ever did that ever cause trouble did you ever run into it trouble because you were pushing yeah it was stressful like a couple of friends i was like hey listen like we're leaving you know i've had some engine issues we may not be there when your flight gets in but yeah. like we had a satellite phone i was like i can get a hold if you need to but we pretty much made every Every deadline. Yeah, like, that's pretty good. Within, what like, year was this that you were doing that? Uh, 2007, okay. 2008. Yeah. Prepping for that trip, I mean, you'd done a lot of sailing, but had you gone offshore on your own boat? Not on my own boat, no. Um, for my uh, last year of high school, um, I went on this program called Class Afloat, okay. which is a Canadian-based um, like high school program that uh, it's it's formed out of West Island College. So it's like a private school on land, but then they also offered this tallship program where you could either do like a full year, it's like two semesters or one semester. And my sister went on it in uh, 1996, 97, uh-huh. and um, she did her grade 11 full year. Uh-huh. And for me, I was kind of going to a different school and it seemed like it made sense to finish my schooling there and then kind of take a year off. So, um, Ontario, the province I'm from, used to have like grade 13. And I was like, my school eliminated grade 13 um, two years before all of Ontario eliminated. So I was like the first like trial year at my school. And I'm like a late birthday. So I was super young. I, you know, um, so I was like, okay, if I take a year off, I'll still get accepted to university. I can defer it for a year. And then I was able to work for a few months to save up some spending money and stuff. And, um, the whole itinerary that was set up, it was originally supposed to start in South Africa and uh, sail across the Atlantic, and then it was going to go back over to Europe, but 9-11 hit during the first semester, so they uh-huh. had to, like, avoid going, like, through the Suez Canal or something, and they came back across the Atlantic to Puerto Rico, so I got, like, an update. I had done a bunch of research because I wanted to, like, learn how to surf, and, like, I'd planned all these surf spots, uh-huh. and I had also, like, chose my university because there were waves out there in Canada. So I was like, all right, I'm going to learn how to surf. And surfing's going to, like, I'm, I know I'm going to love it. Um, and then so your and whole they, itinerary, then the itinerary changes. changes. It started oh, in Puerto man. Rico. So I'm researching it. I'm like, oh, there's waves in Puerto Rico. And then Venezuela had some waves. And then I uh, went to Costa Rica and stuff. And so there's a few ports that had waves. So I was like, all right, so whatever. Anyway, that was a five-month trip. And we, you know, we ended up going through the canal. What um, was the tall ship? The yes, the Concordia. Um, Concordia? Yeah, it was 180-foot. Barkentine. 180 wow yeah how many people aboard? Uh, 42 students i think all in all it was like 60 wow. and then the pro crew teachers you know doctor that's um, cool it's always been a dream of mine to sail on a tall ship yeah it was a cool boat so it was like you know you do 
day watch every day doing kind of odd jobs around the boat and then every mm -hmm. night you'd have a two-hour night watch so they went in shifts so like every, you'd have the same time frame for three weeks mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah it was like 8 to 10 10 to 12 12 to 2 and just kind of you'd cycle through the whole cycle so like waking up the, the 2 to 4 was always kind of just like <laughs> oh, I, you know tired and then you're waking up to go to class and stuff but I had already been accepted to university so the schooling didn't matter as much to me as it did to some of the other kids on board it's like oh exam time i'm like eh, whatever whatever yeah, <laughs> i'm still going nice. to university um so that was kind of cool and yeah that was a big trip it, i think it was like twelve thousand nautical miles we went through the canal like out to the as far west as the galapagos and then wow uh west coast to costa rica to like punta Arenas, and then we went back through the canal the other way up to like um where did it go from there? I went to Cuba, Bermuda, Azores, and then across to Europe. So we, we finished in Poland and did a bunch of Europe in between. Oh my so. gosh, you saw a lot. Yeah, it was like yeah, like 22 or 23 countries. I so think. you'd sailed some of the Caribbean before. So that was exactly, so to give your question, yeah. I mean, on that trip, I learned uh, you know about navigation and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's kind of where the sea got played. And I'm like, I, you know. Were you guys doing, did you have to do any celestial navigation or was no, it all, it was just, they yeah, kind of okay. like showed you some basics, but it yeah. was, it was yeah, all yeah. just, yeah. Right. And the pro crew more or less was taking care of all that. You would be able to drive the boat and stuff and we were doing sail maneuvers and that sort of stuff. And I was just more interested because like a lot of kids didn't have any sailing background, but I right. did. So I took interest in it and I was like buddies with like the first mate and he would like take me into the room, chart room and I was just like learning about that stuff. So, um, they teach you the basics about it, but I feel like I took it to a little bit next level and I was like all right I'm gonna get a boat as soon as I'm done university I'm gonna save money buy a boat and then I'm gonna go do my own trip so that was kind of like where the seed got planted for nice that. nice um <clears throat> so that trip started in Toronto yeah it started in Toronto we left uh October 26th so kind of waited for like hurricane season to sort mm -hmm. of end you said we was it you I left with one of my buddies okay. um who I grew up sailing with um he went to French Bay Yacht Club and we were like racing together and kind of just he was ready to go too had, had just finished uh finished school and um off we went uh but we had two weeks I think there was two weeks before the Erie Barge Canal closed oh. so um we were a little pushed for time and yeah. uh we had to take the mast down before you go because you can't have the mast up in the Erie Barge Canal and it's like it's like 25 or 26 locks can't remember offhand it closes in the winter yeah okay so we kind of the first night we sailed across the lake um we'll, we'll didn't sail we motored right. and the engine like conked out like as we were pulling into the first like marina in the u.s i was like oh so we had to get a mechanic like day two um it wasn't like it sounds so familiar yeah you know so all the familiar. Exactly. i spent the first three months of my trip just like fretting about the engine oh man it's yeah I learned a lot about the engine and stuff, but we yeah. made it made it down through the Erie Barge, and then that gets you to the Hudson River, mm -hmm. and then we put the mast up and worked our way down. We spent a week in New York City, and then basically down the coast to... Um, Sailing through New York is pretty magical, isn't it? Yeah, I've only cool. done it once on a delivery, but seeing all the craziness from the calmness of the water... Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> really neat. Totally different perspective. And then, uh, yeah, continued down to Florida and then pushed over to the Bahamas and just kind of island hopped down nice. down to uh, we didn't make it out to Trinidad we um, Barbados was the farthest like south and east we okay. went and then yeah, it's pretty started far east. going west we went into Venezuela and there like the marina didn't let us in so we went into like the cruise ship terminal and I climbed up a, like literally like the cruise ship wall 
to get in and I went into the cruise ship terminal and some guy like he broke in English just tried to charge me $500 to do customs for and we were only planning to go there for like a day because we were I had another friend that was flying into Curacao so we had to like do the ABCs and I was yeah. like oh, I'm not paying 500 bucks I went back and I had different crew on board at this time too buddies from class afloat okay and uh, i was like they want 500 dollars. like we've got enough food and water to make it to i think bonaire was the it was like 100 i don't know 50 or 60 miles away and they're like yeah we're not paying that for like a day so we just pushed off and and got to bonaire <laughs> that's funny was, yeah i was like you spent about as much time in venezuela as i did <laughs> yeah we tried to fuel up too and they're like no 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 like we're like okay because you know you're just like oh we can fill up for super cheap didn't happen oh yeah, I can then continued over to to uh, Cologne was the farthest like. Cool. Um, and I was kind of running out of money at that point in time, and yeah. it was there was going to be a bit of a delay to get through the canal for smaller boats or something uh-huh. going on. It's not and, cheap um, to go through the canal. Either. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then um, the recession had just hit while we were on that trip. So oh, I was 2008. Like, oh God, yeah. I'm like, where am I going to be able to sell this boat? And uh, if I went through the canal, like California would be the only kind of bet where yeah. I could get any kind of money for it. And um, I was like to get up there, like if I have more breakdowns, things start going wrong. I'm not gonna have money to fix it. And that's a you know. What year was the boat? It was in 1989. In 89, okay. And it held up, you know, pretty well considering what we put it through. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we sailed up from there, from Panama to uh, back to Toronto. Got okay. home. It was nine months overall that that trip. Nine months, nice. That's a good trip. Yeah. Wow. Very similar to yours. It's yeah, awesome. it, it's not very, very similar. In fact, um, yeah, I uh, I started right around 9/11, and I remember going through Norfolk Harbor and all the um, where there was a big Navy presence. And okay, the gunboats were all out. And yeah, there's a ton of. Didn't want to take your camera out. And <laughs> they yeah. would have. Yeah, it was very tense. It was very tense. But um, um cool. so you got back and. Um, did you have some any sailing between then and coming out here? Um, so I'm just trying to think of the timeline of I kind of um, I sold the boat. Uh, I worked on the boat, kind of got it into good like good looking shape. Yeah. Um, I think I sold it. We came back in July, and I think I sold it in like s- September, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I had a bit of money again, um, which was nice, but I wasn't like ready to get a full-time job and your so dad still had the smaller boat that he still had, had kohana yep so, you um, so i could sail on that and um you know other friends and stuff had boats but um a buddy um about a month later i got this quick job at like a restaurant in my hometown and it was just a you know pass the time kind of thing and a friend of mine was like oh he came into the restaurant i was like hey ryan yeah how you been um I'm heading out west tomorrow to, like, take my boat. He had a uh, West Sail 32. Okay. And um, he's like, I'm getting it hauled out and moving out to Vancouver. And I was like, oh, you're leaving tomorrow. He's like, yeah. He's like, you, like, you want to come for the j- road trip? And I was like, kind of. And I'm like, let me go see if my boss will give me a week off. And then, um, so I asked the guy. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I went home. I'm like, hey, mom, down. I'm like, I'm heading out to Vancouver. And they're like, what? When? I'm like, tomorrow. <laughs> like, road tripping with Terry. <laughs> they're like, what? <sighs> what about your job? I'm like, I got a week off. So we started the road trip. We got to uh, Victoria, and or no, sorry, Vancouver, and we launched the boat, got it ready, and then sailed over to Victoria. And um, I had kind of decided at that time, I think I like broke up with my girlfriend, and um, we were kind of on the rocks. This was yeah. like the, the same, like a few months after my trip. So um, 
ended up staying in Victoria on his boat nice. for like three weeks and um, saved, it, got a job at another restaurant there like the night we arrived um, at this little <laughs> Indian restaurant. I was like making naan and samosas and stuff. It was hilarious, but um, saved enough money to get a flight to California and went and stayed with my friend who had a boat down there and he was coaching at the time. That's but that, awesome. that boat, the West Sail, he called me back a little bit later. I forget what year. And I helped him sail down um, from Victoria to actually we pulled into San Francisco. Uh-huh. So that was my first time coming under the bridge. Oh, wow. Um, I think that might have been actually 2011, so a few years down the line. And um, and then finished the sail. We went from here. We had some engine issues. so we had to, Always like, engine issues. Yeah, I know. <laughs> People yeah. think they're sailboats. But yeah, but really just who's the best mechanic out there? Um so we sailed from uh, Emeryville was where we stayed and mm-hmm. continued on to San Diego before I uh, got a teaching job in Guatemala. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, kind of. Wow. Um, um, so that was your first time sailing in San Francisco. Yeah. So you had sailed in these waters before you before Yeah, you but I mean, here. I you know, didn't remember too much. We literally like came in one day, boat yeah. was in Emeryville for three weeks or so, and right. then pushed off at night on an it's different than when you're day sailing yeah yeah i remember it was like it was i I didn't know about the different like speeds of the curve like i knew there was a ton of tide and stuff but i didn't realize how much it could fluctuate from like you know one knot to like five and i remember we came around um like just um right like right by fort point and then we kind of got into some big swell and it was just like it was pretty gnarly and i was like whoa like this is in the west sail like have you ever been on a west sail 32 yeah Okay, so you know, heavy like the, boats. the water comes up over the sides, and then it kind of fills up the cockpit. And, like, it can, it's, and it doesn't, <laughs> yes. like, drain really well. Yes, so they're like wet a, boats. Yeah, yeah, I think they're wet snails are, like, the, the, <laughs> right, the exactly of the thing. Um, <laughs> but my dad actually flew down, and he did that leg of the trip, too, which was kind of cool. Because oh, Terry, the guy, he was a friend from the Yacht Club in French's Bay, so it was nice to sail down together and have that. That's very cool. So... When you first moved out here and were sailing more on the bay and started to discover those currents and things, what was your, what was your first reaction to? Um, if it's just like a, um, pretty intense area to sail. Cause, yeah. You know, I'd grown up on Lake Ontario, so we're not dealing with tides for one. Yeah. Um, fresh water. Fresh water, so you're not like, yeah. you know, worrying about your boat rusting away and rinsing it off after a sail. Yeah. It's just kind of done. Um, and I'd done like dinghy events in like Vancouver, Vancouver Island, and. East yeah. Coast, so yeah. I like have had sailed in salt water and I had been in tides more so in like dinghies. Um, so it's just you know, it's, it's a big intimidating spot. Man, we've got so much to talk about. I grew up sailing on Lake Michigan, that's I went to camp up, okay. up, up there, and then um, we would take it was a bit of a sailing camp. We'd go up to the North Channel and yeah, yeah. we went out to the Pacific Northwest and did a, a awesome. hunt out there. But um, I love sailing up in Canada, it's just amazing. Yes. Yeah. It's cool for sure. Yeah, but it's a whole. I mean, one of the reasons I started this podcast because I wanted to talk to people about sailing on San Francisco Bay because it's totally different than anything I grew up with. Yeah, it's me just too. So much to learn about. Um, it is. It's unlike anywhere else. I mean, I, with the fog and just, yeah. the, you know, the def- the definitive line of like fog and sun. Like you just cross the bridge. Like it's bizarre. It's, why, yeah, it's, it's still bizarre. bizarre to me. My yeah. wife grew up here in the fog in the richmond district and it's natural to her but still i'm still getting used to it i love it i I love it but i still i'm still getting used to it i have to say i know it's a a trip so you you run a charter business on this boat i do tell us about that yeah um so i kind of fell into that i was a teacher before and um 
that first year that we moved out here, I think my green card got approved in October, um, which is a tough time to apply to teaching jobs because the yeah. school is just underway. But I ended up finding one private school in the city um, that needed a maternity leave fill-in from December to the end of the year. So I was like, cool. applied. They were pretty keen, and I got the job. So I was like a fourth-grade teacher. Um, and I was kind of hoping that that job would just kind of continue on. They'd be like, okay, well, the teacher's coming back, but, you know, we've got another position here. Right. And it didn't happen. So uh. I, I finished in June, and they're like, thanks so much for doing your, your stint. And I was like, okay. Tough, yeah. So um, I had uh, already planned to get a summer job, so I was coaching um, – like the learn to sail program at Sausalito Yacht Club. Oh, cool. Which like I had been coaching kids that like elite sailors and stuff that have like done really <laughs> well. And then I was like around like learn to sail kids. It was just like, oh man, this is crazy. But that summer I kind of got a good feeling of being on the bay and seeing the fog and that sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. And I had applied to a couple other teaching jobs. But they were teaching you. <laughs> yeah, they're teaching me about the bay. Yeah, I was, I was learning new things. Um, so... Uh, that summer I had applied to a couple other jobs and didn't get them and a position came up at San Francisco Yacht Club for the head coach and uh, I get like paid more than being a teacher so I was like all right I applied (laughs) and uh, I got the job so I had like you know a job that was going to start up in September and running like the high school programs and then their 420 race team and just kind of fleet management and like that sort of stuff Um, so I was doing that that would have been like 2016 2017 um, and my wife and I's schedules were just complete opposites. So I was working nights coaching. I would get home and she would like be going to bed and then she'd be off to work at like five thirty in the morning and I wouldn't go in till like 11. Um, so we barely saw each other during the week. And then there's just so many like high school events that you have to leave on Friday. You're gone Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. My day off was Monday and half of Tuesday. Oh gosh! They're like you get uh, Monday and Tuesday off, each but other. yeah, but you have to work Tuesday night. You have to coach Tuesday night. So I'm like, is that Monday and Tuesday off, or is that just like Monday <laughs> off? And, Monday. and if you didn't get your, <laughs> if you didn't bring the boats back on Sunday night, then you had to bring them back into Monday. So that's your day off too. Oh, so it was gosh. like it was it was a grind. You know, you're putting in lots yeah. of hours. And Laura was just like, like is this going to be your full time thing? Like going, and I was like, okay, yeah. I got to find something else. So I finished out the year, coached till the end of the you know, school year. And I decided that I was just going to get my captain's license and try to start a little charter nice. business on the Bristol Corsair, uh-huh. um, which uh, we kept kind of further down at Clipper. Sure. And, um, yeah, it's just been been ongoing ever since. It's so one of the reasons for getting this boat was to build the business? Yeah, and we were kind of having kids and the yeah. Bristol is kind of small. I don't know if you've ever yeah. been on a like. I don't think so. There, so. It's Not small, exposed, no Dodger. It was yeah. it had a little outboard engine. It was, it was good, um, a good boat, but it wasn't like ideal for running a charter business. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I managed to do pretty well with it. And then I kind of thought like getting like another Catalina Thirty Four would be really cool. Yeah. Um, since you know the boat. since I know the boat so well, and then. There was one, like a 1988, I think, that was for sale in Sausalito, and I went and looked at it, and it was kind of beat up. The guy lived on it, and he was like, on, the, the owner was like on there when the broker came down. He's like, hey, come on in. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, cool. <laughs> Hard then, to look at it when the owner's sitting there. Yeah, yeah just in his boxers, like sitting on the bed. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, and then I happened to just like look online real quick, and I like saw this listing in Alameda, and I was like, whoa, like this one kind of looks like it's in good shape. And funny enough, my dad actually had a Catalina 34, same year, 2002, that he got in 2002. And um, 
So my dad was like, well, when you go look at it, like, let me know what hall number it is. So we put the sale up, and it was 1612, and my dad's was 1611. So this was like, those two boats would have been like made side by side, and then his went up to Toronto, <gasps> and then this crazy. one came here, and it only had one owner the whole time. So wow. the boat had like 260 hours on it. Um, and I was like, that seems kind of weird, like, you know, and broker was like, you know, if they keep it in San Francisco and they engine out and they throw up a sale, you know, five, 10 minutes here, five, 10 minutes there, and they probably don't use the boat that much. Like, what kind of makes sense? I'm like, okay. And since I've, I just rolled over the thousand marks, I've put like wow. over 800 on in That's four great. years. So, um, so yeah, this boat's kind of, it's, everything's pretty much the interior is the same more or less. And the cockpit's a little bit different, but it's just. What's yeah. different between the Mark II and the, uh, um, the, the so Mark the, I that uh, you had? The transom is kind of just flat. Uh -huh. um, you know, it had a swim ladder that you could fold down, but this right. kind of opens up. So you can take that middle section out. Okay. And uh, it's got a little shower and stuff, so you can walk out. Nice. And then this is, um, this is the fin keel. I had a wing keel on mm -hmm. the, the old one. So yeah. it was just like, I forget what the draft was on. It might have been like four and change. That, those were so. popular in those times, the, the wing keels. Yeah. yeah. Um, good I love this salaries. open cockpit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really it's spacious. Nice. I find Especially like, for chartering. Yeah. Now like you a can, bunch yeah. of people in here. Exactly. And those high seats are kind of cool. Those yeah. are like, those are my mom's favorites. Those are always a good good yeah. spot, yeah, to hang out on the train. Yeah, it was, it was in good shape, and um, it had just been listed, so, I, like, no one had really gone to see it. And I was just like, it's was like, yeah, I put it in an offer, so we did it, and <laughs> here we are. So. That is great. I had to call it Mayhem, obviously, because... Yeah, that, that and your business Catalina is was May on the Bay, right? That's right, yeah. My last name's May, so yeah. Um, yeah. I'd bought that email. And if people want to come cruising, if people want to come sailing with you, May on the Bay... Mayonthebay.com is the website, okay. and then, cool. yeah, um, my Instagram, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And how many charters do you do in, in the summertime? It's It ranges. Yeah. Um, that first year... Um, on the Bristol was like the only year that I kind of did a full calendar year straight of work. Yeah. Was, um, then I had our, we had our daughter, so I took a few months off. Right. Um, and then when you turn the a business back on, it's not like you have a full cal like it's kind of takes some time to get momentum. And then, sure. um, and then COVID hit. Uh. So that shut things down for, I don't know, it's like eight months. I kind of had nothing, a couple friends here That's and there, rough. but like, um, and then we had our second kid, so I took the <laughs> all of Laura's uh, mat leave. I took that time off. So th there's been kind of a, a wave of like on and off. Um, how have you? How did you go about building the business when you started getting clients, getting the word out? Um, so I, you know, got the captain's license, um, did all the you know the stuff, built the website, um, and then I was paying for like advertising and stuff on I think like TripAdvisor and Yelp, but I wasn't really getting much. And you know, I launched and. Um, no one's there like you got to start getting you got to do your best to get your name out there but airbnb experiences had kind of started uh, up okay. um so i put my thing on there and it yeah i think it took like a month or something before they approved it and i'm like i was up in i think on the east coast of the u.s and um it's like dink like your airbnb experience is now live i was like oh cool Laura. like it's it's up and then like a couple minutes later it's like dink like someone booked your experience and i was like whoa, whoa someone just like booked it and i'm like cool and then it was like dink and it was like someone <laughs> whoa someone else just booked a different day so it was like made all it the started difference. to go pretty quick and then um yeah like people can leave reviews if they want on that and i just started getting in a bunch of reviews and it kind of just i think like the more availability that you have listed the more uh, success you have in terms of like 
people seeing you yeah. and you're just getting in front of so many people that might not necessarily think that sailing's a thing, but they're staying close by and they're like, hey, well, you're in Sausalito or in San Francisco, check out some of these experiences. And a lot of people were like, oh, you're like, you were at like the top of the list. And I was like, whoa, crazy. Cause I'm not like, I'm not pushy to be like, y'all go leave a review. I'm like, that's not my style. And, right. um, but like people would do it and it was just like, yeah, I think there's like, we're like 200 and like something reviews up there wow. right now. So it's kind of, that's so cool. So I feel like without that, I don't know if I would have the same success, but it's, um, I don't know if you know Heather Richard. We, I, we know each other. We've never met, but we talk on Instagram and I'm anytime if someone wants me and I can't do it, I'm like, here, Captain Heather, check her out. (laughs) You know, she's amazing. She's a little like, well, she was one of the inspirations for this podcast. I got, she was one of the first sailors I got to know. Yeah. I've I've listened to better twice. Um, But I know that Airbnb experiences were, was great for her too. So yeah, I feel like it just, yeah, you get to, find a lot of people that might not necessarily think sailing's something they want to do while they're here or right getting that little push that little oh you might enjoy this yeah exactly it's perfect um well that's great Um, and i mean this winter's been so rough with all this weather yeah is it starting to pick up a little bit uh it's starting to pick up Yeah. yeah um i actually had a couple today so this is um good thing i've had a bunch of engine issues too i had a new transmission go in three weeks ago and I was doing a bunch of work myself in January, so yeah. um, there's always something to fix. Yeah, there's always something to fix, and never I mean that's time. the tr- tricky part about charting. And I, I, I'm curious about this: is like not only have the boat maintenance and the sailing of the boat, but you're also managing people while you're sailing. I mean, you're yeah. a teacher, so that I, you have that skill, yeah. right? But um, have you had any? kind of crazy experiences <laughs> where people just didn't know what they were getting into um, nothing too crazy no you i try to make them like as mellow and, and safe as possible that's unless good. like i have like friends that have like sailing experience right. and we're not like pushing the boat that do hard. you have a regular route that you do um, yeah i mean it depends on what the tide's doing and how mm-hmm. much breeze there is but my ideal is like kind of going up to the bridge first generally like mm-hmm. motor up there because if you're trying to sail it's going to take the yeah. whole time and right. i want to like show people as much as you can in that time frame um so there's a lot of like motoring too but um up to the bridge and then kind of down if, if the current's fast enough maybe around angel island or like inside towards like belvedere tiburon and kind of loop back up to sausalito nice. and if people want to go on a longer one um you know over down by the city line across by alcatraz and do the whole loop cool. so it all, all depends and yeah um but yeah the fog too if the fog's out then i'm just going up at the fog line essentially and right staying yeah. in the sun because you never know what people want you don't know if they want to just sit in it on a boat and enjoy the scenery or if they want to like sail so you kind of get a wide range of people and you kind of feel them out from the get-go and yeah um let them do you carry extra jackets or anything on board so when people realize yeah chilly yeah <laughs> I, uh, yeah that first year i bought like a the uh black friday deal at west marine i bought like foul weather pants like six <laughs> pairs of the yellow like cheesy ones and then i had a, i've got a bunch of like jackets and stuff so nice, nice. some blankets so i could offer those <laughs> what haven't we touched on um uh, that you want to talk about <sighs> just well man i was curious about your your trip and <laughs> kind of filled me in on on yeah we'll talk about that off the i'll have to do off. some podcasts where i talk more about my trip but yeah. um yeah, yeah, you should you should do one where like you get interviewed. Yeah, where I like should. yeah, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> figure out people really get to know you. Well, like maybe you just offered your uh, your yeah. skills as an interviewer. Yeah, I mean, we'll, yes, we'll turn the tables here at it, some but point. I'd certainly give it a go. That'd be fun. That yeah, would be cool. I think that, that all the viewers would love it. 
we've got many more stories to share. So Absolutely. either get another episode or just over a beer. So. Thanks for having me. I really yeah, appreciate it. This is a great. It's awesome. That's it for this week's show. If you want to go sailing with Ryan, you can book an outing at mayonthebay.com. M-A-Y on the bay.com. I'm your host, Ben Shaw. Thanks as always for listening. You can reach me on Instagram at outthegatesailing or email me at outthegatesailing at gmail.com. Until next time, smooth sailing. Smooth sailing.